With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom, reach new audiences, and bring important information to the public free of charge. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. Conversations about what matters the most. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Well, hello and welcome to State of the Nation on TNT. We got Brian McLean, that's me, and Timothy Shea sitting in for Steve Hook today. Timothy, welcome to State of the Nation. It's great to see you. Thanks, Brian. It's it's always great to be with you. And we're sorry that Steve had to uh, sit this one out, but I'm excited to be with you for the next two hours. Yeah, well, I really appreciate you sitting in for Steve today, and he'll be back with us uh, tomorrow. And of course, uh, shout out to you if you're in the TNT Radio Live interactive chat room. Hope you're doing well in the chat room and keeping it spicy in there. Uh, Timothy and I will try to check in, but we got a packed show today, Timothy. So uh, we'll have to uh, may have to let the uh, the people in the mosh pit over there just enjoy that chat room while we do what we do. It was crazy. I mean, just doing show prep with you an hour ago, neither of us could could get five minutes peace from our phone blowing up on us. It's yeah. been a big day. Yeah, it really has. So much going on and so much to talk about. Um, first, though, I'd like to, you know, as today is the 22nd and the Julian Assange events wrapped up at the UK Royal Court, you know, we've been doing uh, our best to promote that here at today's News Talk. And uh just want to say thank you, you know, to uh, the entire TNT team and everybody that showed up at the UK Royal Courts. Uh, really, really great reporting. You're not seeing that anywhere else. And, uh, you know, very proud to be with TNT uh, as we do lighting that fuse for freedom because this topic, you know, is really great, Timbo, to see everybody on the team, you know, rallying around this and the effort that TNT put into that. So um, we don't really have a uh, definitive outcome at this point, but uh, the coverage has just been amazing. And I want to thank everybody, including Misty Winston, who joined us and multiple of our guests, our producer, you know, everybody, all the hosts here at TNT. It's really been an amazing effort. It really has been. I think we've shown people just exactly what kind of organization TNT is and more, uh, moreover, what uh, what we're capable of doing. You know, this is the kind of thing that most stations don't aren't interested in covering, don't want to cover. Other stations that might want to, quite frankly, they can't. They don't have the resources. So I feel very fortunate to be at TNT because we not only have the will, we have the ability to turnout coverage like we did yesterday. It was just fantastic. And this being the 22nd, Hesher, I want to wish you a very happy George Washington's birthday. Monday, of course, was George Washington's birthday observed here in the United States because we always have to make every holiday into a long weekend. It wasn't President's Day. We we weren't celebrating Jimmy Carter or Bill Clinton. We weren't celebrating Barry Satoro, and we most definitely were not celebrating Stumblebum Joe. We were celebrating George Washington, and today's his actual birthday. So happy Washington's birthday to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we had Peter Roth on the show on Monday and we talked about George Washington and just the sad loss of our history. You know, Uh, I think you pointed it out recently on the show or on your show. Uh, You know, they've started coming for the Confederate statues. And before you know it, they're going to be coming for George Washington, Abe Lincoln, 
Thomas Jefferson. We just lost a Thomas Jefferson statue over this issue. Their their going their next goal is the Jefferson Memorial on our National Mall, and it needs to stop there. We need to stop these people dead in their tracks, and and we need to recapture the ground that's been ceded to them without a fight. Again, my beef is it with the Democrat Party, Brian. It's with the Republicans for not fighting. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I'm with you on that one. It's just terrible. Now, um, let's see here. We got. Uh, we're going to speak with Gene Valentino in a moment. He's yeah. going to be um, on a rare phoner here into State of the Nation, but there's a good reason for it because he's out at CPAC. So we're going to get an update from him briefly. But uh, in just a minute, before we bring him on, Timbo, what do you think about the tens of thousands of cell phone users that experienced outages this morning? There's talk going around about cyber attacks and this and that, and you know, everybody. Some people were stuck in SOS mode, could only make nine one one calls. So the Twitterverse, uh, the Xverse really blew up this morning with that. It did. In fact, one of the calls that came in while we were doing show prep, I, I got back to the person and they said that uh, they are fielding questions about whether it was a cyber attack. And we've been warning about this, Adam. I know you and Steve have on this show. I have been on my show. We've been warning about this for months because, as we all know, our infrastructure is uh, vulnerable under the Biden regime. They've rolled back a lot of the protections that President Trump had put into place. And we've got military age men with cyber uh, experience from China coming across by the thousands across our southern border. And I received a document today. Uh, do we have time for me to read the letter? It was uh, from we, the... We uh, how, how long is it? Uh, let me just give the gist of it then. It yeah, was, the uh, it's the letter that I sent to you. It's from the Greater New York Hospital Association. It's a letter to all of their members, and it reads to, see, uh, to chief executive officers, we're actively monitoring a cybersecurity incident involving Change Healthcare, a large multifaceted healthcare technology company that is part of Optum and owned by United Health Group. And basically it goes on and says what the impacts are and what they're doing. This all goes back to electronic health records, which came into being with Obamacare. Everything bad happening in our healthcare system, including the potential breach of our healthcare records, goes straight back to Obamacare, Brian. Yeah, yeah, it really does. All right, we'll, we'll pick up that thread a little bit later because I'm going to dig a little bit deeper into that. But for now, I have a reminder, don't miss a thing. Here, be sure and download the TNT app from either the Apple App Store or Google Play. So you can listen or watch us anytime, anywhere that's available for you to download right now and keeping you up to speed on today's News Talk TNT. There's a lot going on. So it's important to stay informed and up to date. Get ready, because here we go. At the top, 30 minutes past and when it breaks. Today's News Talk Radio TNT. All right, our friend Gene Valentino is joining us now. He is the host of the Grassroots Truth Cast podcast. And uh, Gene, it's great to have you on the line. I understand you're broadcasting from CPAC today. How's it going? Hello, Brian, and thank you for having me. Normally in studio, I'd have a camera. I guess we could have done it by iPhone, but that was too jittery. We are surrounded by eight to 10,000 people here at the Gaylord Marriott uh, Hotel in National Harbor, uh, the Maryland side of the District DC, District of Columbia. We are at the CPAC event, the Conservative Political Action Conference, CPAC. 
And I uh, just came out of a presentation uh, by um, uh, former acting U.S. Attorney General Matt Whitaker. Uh, he was talking about uh, stopping George Soros. Uh, prior to that, we had uh, so many interesting people. The Honorable Liz Truss just passed me on Media Row. She was the speaker right after uh, Matt Whitaker. She is the former uh, prime minister uh, who served for a short period and is a member of parliament in the United King Kingdom. Her speech was moving. She went on to say specifically, whether America likes it or not, we are the leaders of the free world. And uh, uh, the European allies are behind us, notwithstanding uh, their sympathetic um, response to our current administration and what they've put us through. We still remain, I'm convinced, we still remain uh, with solid allies uh, on the European front begging us for help to help uh, secure not only the United States of America, but uh, Europe as well. And when you hear a prime minister like Liz uh, Truss, T-R-U-S-S, telling us to secure our borders first, hey, wasn't that something you and I were squawking about a few weeks ago? <laughs> yes, Gene, it absolutely is. And Gene, I'm here with Timothy Shea today sitting in for Steve Hook. And Timothy is a, uh, well, he's a veteran of CPAC, so I'm sure he wants to get in here. Timothy, what do you think? Steve, you mentioned that eight to 10,000 uh, people are there. That's a fantastic turnout. I know that it had been disrupted from COVID. They went down to Florida for three years. And quite frankly, I know the turnout down there was disappointing. So are people as excited? Is it the CPAC of old or, or have things changed? And, and how is it now that Donald well, Trump is not in power and is looking to make a comeback? What's the mood there? Well, first on the count, Tim, the um, the Gaylord Convention Center is a massive pro um, uh, complex, and um, yes. I was measuring the total based on the volumes I saw just in uh, the uh, main rooms uh, that I was in. The, um, uh, the 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 mood towards Trump is ironically Lara Trump, his daughter-in-law, uh, was speaking just before Liz Truss and met. Uh, Matt uh, as well and um, it's clear to me that um, uh, there is a huge resurgence for uh, Trump to return uh, they acknowledge that there might be some concerns about certain manners or behaviors but they've grown it, it seems like the, the folks are concerned about immigration citizenship they're concerned about the border the economic conditions in general, our, our presence, or, or, or and, and wondering what it is in Ukraine and Israel, how we're funding it, what is the audit trail on that money, how much of it's going back to the Biden crime family. I could go on and on, and all of a sudden, to your point, Tim, uh, I don't care what Trump is, let's get him back. He's the only one that's proven to have gotten the job done before. It's one of those... You may not, you don't have to love the guy, but let's get him back. We need this America fixed. I'm not talking as a Trump supporter. I'm talking as a reporter 
who has seen and witnessed this by the hundreds and hundreds of people I'm overhearing at coffee tables, uh, breakout sessions, uh, going down Media Row, which is about a thousand feet in length, for God's sake. There's one television and radio network after the next, just outside the main pavilion convention center, each one with their own broadcast. I observed uh, each one of them going by. Not a, a harsh word on Donald Trump. Uh, uh, interest groups from around the nation are here. Cheerleaders, uh, people you usually see in the front rows of his rallies are here, and they're all uh, talking it up. But the message is clear. Donald Trump needs to come back as president of the United States. He'll be here at 12 noon on Saturday, and uh, that'll be near the closeout of the session. Well, we look forward to it, and I'm sure Prime Minister Truss would echo the sentiment. The United Kingdom got rid of Winston Churchill after he partnered with the United States to lead England to victory in World War II, and then they regretted their decision and brought him back as well. So I, I, there's precedent internationally for it. There's precedent in our own country for it. And uh, we hope that that's the case because we've got to turn this around. Stumblebum Joe is just not leading America the way she needs to be led. Oh, good point, Tim. In fact, uh, in fact, they are, uh, they were talking about the fact that the NATO alliance or no NATO alliance, it was America who was the benevolent in our manner, our approach, our giving to the European nations uh, uh, World War II and before. Uh, we didn't need NATO to be benef uh, benevolent as we have been historically. But what's, uh, That's correct. what's clear, which is why Liz Truss made that point, was that, hey, what's wrong with you, America? What's this woke generation? What's this third um, gender called transgenderism? What's, what's all of this uh, southern border you're letting in? How come you've got over 150 illegal uh, terrorists that are undocumented running around in your neighborhood and mine now permeating the far reaches of this nation? Uh, are we worried about Ukraine and Israel? Or might we have a terrorist next door to us in our backyard? Yeah, yeah, exactly, Gene. And, and Gene, what's the um, what's the sort of the internal uh, vibe you're getting from sort of like, are you sensing the like America first mindset and sort of the more establishment mindset? Are you getting a, a what I'm hoping to, that you're seeing is sort of a uh, a wave of people that want to hold the GOP responsible too in here? Uh, is there any talk about that? Oh, good. Uh, the last point, Brian, is the key. There was no question amongst the staunch Republican ranks here that there's got to be uh, a little bit of a house cleaning. Uh, just because we're all angry with the uh, uh, obvious intentions to hurt this nation on the Democratic by the Democrat Party, that doesn't mean the Republicans get off scot-free. There is a, a certain element in the Republican Party that needs to sunset themselves and a, uh, a, a, a more, I'm going to use the word liberal, but it's crazy because in the true sense of the word liberal, there is a position that we have that talks about how uh, balanced we should be. Liberal, a willing to respect or accept 
behavior or opinions different from one's own, open to new ideas. And that's what the Republicans are espousing here. I don't hear a Democrat espousing that philosophy anymore. Uh, liberal with their uh, ideology in the Democrat Party does not reflect the Democrat Party. But I will say that the de Republicans here, not uh, licking their wounds and realizing they're not perfect, see a come to victory through an admission and a self-analysis. Look at my own mistakes first before I criticize you is kind of the approach that I'm seeing. And uh, a sense of humility and a sense of balance. And with that kind of sobriety, I think there's going to be a strong resurgence in the Republican Party in 2024, which also brings in Donald Trump. Wow. 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 Gene, uh, you know, we could we could talk to you all day about this. I really like what you just said, though. Uh, I know, Timbo, you're probably happy to hear that, too. That's uh, one of your primary goals over there at the reckoning here at TNT. Uh, hold people accountable. We like the sound of that. All right, Gene, we got to let you go. GeneValentino.com and, of course, the Grassroots Truth Cast with Gene Valentino and right here on State of the Nation at today's News Talk. TNT's Abby Roberts. Climate change is having a disproportionate effect on the physical and mental health of black communities. Black Americans are more likely than white Americans to live in areas and housing that increase their susceptibility to climate-related health issues. Dr. Rachel Levine, now you may have, may have noticed something about Rachel. Uh, Rachel is in fact a bloke. That is a bloke uh, in, in a suit talking about um, how black people are adversely affected by climate. What a load of absolute nonsense. Did you see in the background as well that weird geometric shapes that are kind of all over? There's a weird blob. And uh, she's that's the human... Uh, it's called... I think it's Human Health Services. It's hhs.gov. Honestly, it is beyond scary, this stuff. It's like Marxism on steroids. Abby Roberts on TNT. This is generally the view of people, oh, we don't know much about Assange. Well, you should know, because whether you know it or not, he is fighting for you. For your courage and leadership and tenacity in journalism and publishing. Since 2010, Assange has been held in progressively narrower, darker, colder, and crueler spaces. He has been detained since the 7th of December 2010 in one form or another. And we are now here after years of imprisonment. WikiLeaks is a non-state hostile intelligence service. I think the man is a high-tech terrorist. A high-tech terrorist. A traitor, a treasonous. He has to answer for what he has done. Assange faces up to 175 years in prison for publishing classified documents exposing U.S. war crimes. The U.S. government narrative about Julian is a complete fraud. It is a complete fraud from A to Z. Julian took on the most powerful countries in the world, basically all of them. We now have confirmed that there were plans to kidnap Julian here in the center of London, or even assassinate him. No one who instigated that illegal and immoral war has been brought to justice. But the great truth teller sits behind bars. If wars can be started by lies, peace can be started by truth. Julian Assange is a hero. 
What if everything we thought we knew about somebody was a lie? Would we be willing to go on a new journey of understanding? This is a story of deception, lies, bravery, and a man who risked everything to bring the truth to light. Mr. Assange shows all the symptoms that are typical for a person that has been exposed to psychological torture over a prolonged period of time. He looked at me intensely and said, I hate to say this. He then hesitated, visibly troubled and searching for words. And then he finally said, please, save my life. May future generations have the ability to speak without restraint. May our children and their children know truth and have access to information that leads to justice. Wherever Julian goes, free speech goes with him. If there is a bird that is about to take flight, stretch her wings and rule the skies, may it be a pista and no longer a bald eagle. If you think Assad is a traitor, he's a rapist, he's a narcissist, he's a hacker. I don't blame you because you have been deceived. And if you think you've not been deceived, that's normal because otherwise it wouldn't be deception. Ladies and gentlemen, today's news talk. News and information. TNT Radio. So Odyssey, now let me spell this for you because there could be some you might be thinking of odyssey like o-d-y-s-e-e where it's a video platform we're out there right now hello odyssey there's another odyssey though uh spelled with an a and it is the second largest radio broadcaster in america and it comes with over 200 radio stations across the country uh, and it's about to fall into the hands of george soros as we're all pointing out just in time for the 2024 election. Uh, what does that actually mean and can it be stopped? That's probably even the bigger question. Uh, our next guest is a Shulman Journalism Fellow at the David Horowitz Freedom Center, as well as Executive Vice President of Programs there, and is a seasoned investigative journalist and writer. Uh, he's also the author of the forthcoming book, Domestic Enemies. The Founding Fathers' Fight Against the Left. Joining us now is Daniel Greenfield. Daniel, welcome to State of the Nation. It's great to see you today. We've, uh, I'm here with uh, Timothy Shea, and we've been reading about uh, this Soros takeover, and he and I were speaking about uh, this company, Odyssey, this morning before the show while we were preparing. And uh, we also came across your article uh, where you're talking about this. So uh, give us your take on what's happening here and the importance of it. Back when Lenin and the communists were seizing power in the Soviet Union, he directed his followers to take the banks and to take the telegraph stations. When you control the mediums of communication, you control reality for a lot of people. And these stations, I should mention, many of them are conservative stations. The company itself is not conservative. But in America, AM talk radio, a lot of it is conservative. The people listening to this, you know, are the... Uh, people going to work early in the morning. Um, it's a lot of working class people. These are the people who are Trump's base. They're the base for a lot of uh, conservative candidates. 
So it tends to be a medium that is more conservative. And Soros, who is a billionaire funding the left's causes, is obviously very interested in getting his hands on them. He's done this before. And taking them out will eliminate a basic narrative form that so many people use to gain access to reality. Uh, cable news has very little in the way of that. Radio, AM radio still is treated as a backward, outdated form for uh, many companies, and this has been a refuge for telling the truth, and now that's endangered. Yeah, wow. That's, uh, I don't know, what do you think, Timbo? I mean, that's a pretty big amount of property for someone like Soros to just buy up right now. Well, it's a great danger, and Daniel's exactly correct. It's it's deemed to be a, a backwards technology, an old-fashioned radio station, but let me tell you, those old-fashioned radio stations are listened to in every light manufacturing center, every gun shop, every barber shop, uh, every small business around America all day long. They're not playing music. They're usually playing talk radio now, and it's a tremendous way for people to stay informed, and I love how Daniel put it that it's it's how they uh, determine reality for themselves and what's really going on. Because another article came out today, Daniel, that people are no longer trusting the gaslighting, quote unquote, experts that that led us down the garden path in, in COVID and in other things. And they're being more critical. They're being much more critical of the media they consume. They're more skeptical. And I see this as a way to, to do what Disney tried to do with Sound of Freedom, which is buy it and then keep it on the shelf so that no one would ever see it until Angel Studios bought it and released it. But I, I think you're exactly correct that Soros is, there's a grave danger at least, that Soros is going to buy this only to destroy it. The money doesn't mean anything to him as much as the, ending the messaging that's getting out to the heartland and to regular workaday Americans. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, we have a headline we have to take. It'll just be a brief one. So hold the line. And when we come back, we'll pick it up right there, Daniel. And I want to I want to hear from you about where Texas steps into the picture here, because uh, maybe there's some hope there with Texas. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk TNT. News. News. There is a difference. What's on the schedule for today? A little less yappity yap and a little more news. Yay. Now, TNT Radio News. TNT, this is James O'Neill. Three attackers conducted a shooting spree north of Jerusalem, resulting in the death of one man in his 20s and injuries to eight others near a highway checkpoint amid a traffic jam. On Mexico's highest mountain, Pico de Orozaba, two climbers have died and another remains missing, according to authorities in Puebla State. During the construction of a bridge over a canal in Lockham, a town in the eastern Netherlands, a tragic accident occurred, leading to the death of two workers and injuries to two others. Why not give TNT Radio a follow? We're on all major social platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Gab, and Getter. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time right here on today's News Talk. TNT Radio. TNT Radio. So Daniel Soros' interests have done this before uh, at Radio Mambi. I don't know if I pronounced that properly, but... They not only bought it up, but then brought in Democratic Party operatives in leadership roles. So there's a concern that this could happen here in Texas with KJCE. Uh, fill us in on, on Texas's role in all this. Well, first of all, I should just note that Radio Mambi 
was a conservative Cuban uh, radio station in Florida. Florida is a swing state, so a good deal depends on uh, the Cuban vote in Florida, the largest Latino group in Florida. Uh, Soros taking over that and now uh, is actually going to inhibit Radio Americano is definitely playing a role in the election. Now, the bank. Now the basis for the Soros takeover is he uh, bought up a whole bunch of the debt, about 50 cents on the dollar. And uh, this is based on restructuring a chapter 11 bankruptcy restructuring that was filed in the court in Texas. Now, uh, the fact that it's happening in Texas means that Texas authorities potentially have the ability to step in and challenge this deal, because this is a deal that's meant to create a rushed uh, bankruptcy restructuring, at which point this will reemerge, obviously will reemerge with Soros as the largest shareholder. If that's however is challenged, if it drags out, well, there could be all sorts of interesting developments, and that is what they do not want. They do not want there to be any scrutiny of this deal. Interesting. Well, I would think, you know, the way that um, Ken Paxton has been targeted in this state, uh, he might actually have a, uh, a vested interest in not having um, a Soros entity come through and take over conservative radio here. Uh, you know, it's already hard to find good reporting on everything that went down with Ken Paxton over the last couple of years. Um, and and this is a station like who I, I noticed Hannity is on this station. There's other pretty large conservative voices there. Do, do you think they would just be deleted immediately when that shareholder and boardroom change? Well, as part of the reconstruction, uh, they're going to be making significant cuts. And having those cuts would be a very easy mechanism for Purging, they can just bring in, um, they can unify it with a bunch of uh, left the stations, bring in news reporting from some mainstream media news affiliate, uh, dump a lot of the talk shows, introduce some of their own, and effectively they will have killed it. And they can do this under the plausible deniability, the false flag of uh, we're just making budget cuts. If only Texas had another billionaire that was in a position to buy up the debt, should the Soros purchase be denied? Could hmm. there be an angle here for Elon Musk or even for Joe Rogan, for that matter? He's made a lot of money on his podcast. I mean, it would be uh, it would be nice, but these are guys who have invested heavily into new media. Uh, they're not likely to pursue old media. And, you know, for all that uh, we're fond of AM radio, it's not really a big business opportunity. And Soros is a savvy investor, so he's not buying into this because he sees big profits here. He of course, sees yeah. Profits. There should be Republican billionaires who would step up and do this. Uh, it would require, of course, challenging the current agreement under which Soros bought up a whole bunch of the debt and is now turning that into equity. Again, state officials, judges would have opportunity to do that if they should choose to do it. And is there is there any sort of FCC action that should be considered here? Or I imagine the FCC is, uh, would not really put this in their purview. They seem to not mind when Soros uh, expands his reach. Well, when Republicans were buying up or conservative radio stations were buying up NPR stations, which are very much left-leaning, uh, there were protests in Congress. Democrats began pressuring the FCC to intervene. But considering that the FCC is currently um, dominated by the Biden administration and its appointees, it's not likely to step in and do anything, even though there is a compelling public interest argument here. In the past, they've stepped in when there have been a few radio stations changing hands. This is over 200 radio stations. It's the largest block of radio stations on the market today. And yet we can expect no public interest action. Mm -hmm. 
and they're and they're not just like terrestrial radio to my understanding it, it i've been on their website timbo and i were looking at it earlier today and it looks like a very you know uh new media modern sort of web 2.0 website with a lot of it's got you know all the you know diversity statements and nice sliders on it and it appears that they also do uh live streaming and video podcast formats too so you know this this what do you think about that this may not because a lot of people like you you know you, you said about like maybe joe rogan people people that are more tech forward new media minded kind of just disregard um you know what they think is only terrestrial radio but this to me doesn't look like it's simply terrestrial radio if one could say so yeah well so odyssey a-u-d-a-c-y you can tell from the name it's trying to sound like a dot com they have uh, they have a major digital platform they have podcasts they've tried to get into this game they've tried to compete with spotify uh, so, you know, most radio stations are trying to figure out how to actually survive. When I'm on the radio stations, no matter how small they are, they usually tell me they're on iHeart. Uh, they've got some sort of digital plan. They're on Twitter. Um, they're trying to put it out there. It's not just live on the radio. So that's, that is a bit of a misconception to clear up. Mm -hmm. And, and Tim, Timbo, you were saying earlier this morning, you had a couple of good points about the name Odyssey, actually. I mean, that might be worth throwing out here. Yeah, when I was first when this issue was first broached to me, the person who told me said it was Audacity, and I was puzzled. I said, "Why would George Soros care about open source audio editing software?" And I looked into it, and it's Aud Odyssey, not Audacity, the the audio editing software. But that immediately created confusion in my mind between Odyssey and Odyssey, the video platform, and one of the criteria in trademark infringement actions is whether the marks are deceptively phonetically similar, whether they sound alike, because the whole purpose of trademark law isn't to protect the, the owners of the trademark, it's to protect the consumer and to avoid confusion in the marketplace. And it seems to me as though there's an excellent argument that one name or the other, uh, one party or the other could sue uh, is claiming confusion in the marketplace over the similarity of the names, how they sound, Odyssey and Odyssey. That's a great idea. I haven't uh, pursued it. And Audacity is a great piece of software, certainly very useful for us in our trade. Uh, there's yeah. all sorts of angles that people can explore if they need to, if state officials decide to do it, if public interest groups decide to do it. There's all sorts of ways to sabotage a sale. And if the sale were going the other way, if uh, 200 liberal radio stations were going into the hands of a Republican, there would be a whole lot of activity. And we've seen that actually. We've seen with newspaper sales right now, where there is a Republican weaning um, donor who's buying up papers, and suddenly, well, there's an urgent public interest in making sure he doesn't get those papers. Right. Exactly. And this is this is a big audience. 200 million people is the estimated reach, and it's got sports, music, talk radio. So you know, uh, knowing the way that Soros and his open society and various other, you know, groups uh, under his umbrella behave, uh, I can only assume that the uh, cultural and news related aspects that are, you know, tangential to every single one of those genres of broadcasting is going to be seeped in, you know, uh, heavy leftist, progressive uh, cultural talking points. Yeah, and buying this right before the election has obvious election impacts. So there's going to be a cultural restructuring, no question about that. They're not just going to be satisfied to leave the conservative radio stations alone. They're going to try to reconstruct them. Uh, they put, as you mentioned, Democrat operatives. I mean, 
with all Democratic Party operatives in charge at Radio Mambi in Florida. They are almost certainly going to do something like that here. And they're not going to just uh, leave the point of view, the um, ideas of their political enemies alone. That's not what they have a history of doing. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, and, and we have such problems in media already, don't we, Timbo? I mean, we're just, you know, just shouting out TNT because we have everything that we have here. But man, we do not need more giant corporate media at this point. Definitely not. And, and you know, it, it's nice to see that uh, somebody is showing an interest. It's unfortunate to see that that someone is George Soros. Yes. Daniel, we're just about out of time. DanielGreenfield.org is the website and go to Amazon or wherever good books are sold and pre-order your copy of Domestic Enemies, The Founding Fathers Fight Against the Left. Daniel, we're going to have to have you back on because we have a bunch of questions about your book as well. So uh, any final thoughts before we have to let you go and we'll get your book to talk about Domestic Enemies again real soon. Well, billionaires or Soros can be daunting, but the power of people combined together who are engaged or active or speaking out who are fighting uh, can trump that. It's just a matter of being organized and fighting to win. There Amen. you go. Yes, absolutely. DanielGreenfield.org once again. And call your senator, call your congresspeople, especially if you're here in Texas. Make some noise. Uh, call Ken Paxton's office. Tell him you support him and you want to figure out how to help this uh texas uh maybe we can here in texas be the place that says no f no to george soros this is state of the nation on today's news talk tnt give me a minute with tnt radio's steve malsberg remember adriana on the sopranos here's how we last saw her he's a strong kid chrissy he's tough well she got whacked but last week, actress Drea DeMatteo was with Megyn Kelly, and the self-proclaimed liberal had some harsh words for those of her political ilk. I really do think that the left is way more um, just angry, and this is supposed to be the hippies and the, you know, the people that really do care about equality and inclusivity, and then all of a sudden they are the ones shutting everything down, shutting everyone out, condemning freedom of speech, condemning everything. And she went after her Sopranos on-screen lover, Michael Imperiali. He was condemning some stuff on his Instagram feed that I noticed, and um, like, I remember. Mm. I thought that was, I thought that was irresponsible. Last year, Imperiali posted on Instagram that he's going to make sure nobody who's a homophobe or a bigot ever watches The Sopranos or any of his work. The left is loony. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on TNT. Hi. I'm your retirement fear. But don't be scared. You're still in pre-tirement. Does that mean I have more time to plan? Precisely. Here, this is pretirement.org. Retirement savings options. <laughs> Potential tax breaks. Ooh. This isn't scary. I'm doing it. You got this. <laughs> Visit thisispretirement.org for free resources to help you customize your action plan. The conversation continues with Brian McLean and Steve Hook at State of the Nation on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. 
Okay, uh, we're about to be joined by Emerald Robinson once again here at State of the Nation, who is, of course, the host of the Weekly News Hour, The Absolute Truth on Lindell TV on Frank's Speech. Emerald Robinson, I'm here with Timothy Shea from TNT's The Reckoning, and we're very happy to have you with us today. CPAC is going on in the background while we're having this discussion. Yeah. So it's kind of a big week in the politics scene. What do you have your eyes on? Are you, uh, are, are you watching what's going on at CPAC? I, I am to a certain degree. I covered CPAC so many years as a White House correspondent and congressional correspondent with both OAN and Newsmax that I, I might have gotten my feel, but Mike Lindell is there and a lot of my colleagues from Frank Speech TV, so uh, Frank Speech and Lindell TV. So I'm, I'm checking in with them here and there. And you know what? Actually, I'm not too far. I, I'm still in Virginia, so I'm not very far logistically or geographically from CPAC, but I, I'm, you know, covering it from afar. And look, I, what do I have my eye on? I mean, there's so much to keep your eye on this week, right? It's already it's already been a crazy week. Um, but yeah. I, I'm really focused on Fulton County in Georgia. It just seems like there is there's always another shoe to drop every single day. And today on this show, um, that it, we're about to start airing at four o'clock with uh, with Frank's speech, the one we had today, we had a, a, a Fulton County Board of Commissioners member for District One, Bridget Thorne, on this show talking about what's happening in her county and state overall. And I, I just had to ask her, like, how does she even manage to be a normal person in Fulton County? Because it seems like an elected office is pretty few and far between. Yeah, I know. We've been wondering that too, right, Timbo? It's just like, what's what is work? going on here? Do these people <laughs> even care what the public thinks? Like, this is just like, it, it's like reality television almost. It well, it is. And no, I think the answer is clearly no, they don't. We've got that Illinois mayor, Tiffany Henyard, that is just the contempt that she has for anyone challenging her is, is just beyond belief. We've got my attorney general, Tish James. The, the hate flows from her eyes like lava. It's almost as though she's auditioning to be a Sith Lord. And, and then we've got Fannie Willis and her contempt for, for both the court, the law, and her office down in Fulton County. Emerald, are you starting to see a pattern? I, I, I would say so. When you compare Letitia James to uh, to Fonnie Willis, there there's a lot of parallels you can draw, particularly the Marxist past, right? Though, that's, yeah. And that's really inherently the problem. And sometimes we'll talk about the woke left or the corrupt Democrats. But then you, you get to digging into these people and you understand that they were actually raised to be this way. I mean, they were raised yes. on Marxism and, and you don't automatically default to that. But when you start looking back and that is the real pattern and the real parallels we're seeing across the country with these corrupt, corrupt officials. Right. It's like, it's, it's a step beyond having drunk the Kool-Aid. It's like, no, yeah. you were born and bred on the Kool-Aid. There's nothing but the Kool-Aid and what you two are pointing out right now. I've been noticing that too. Just the and you kind of see it even in in like the Senate and the House and some of the hearings when when Democrats are speaking, it's just like there's a wall. There is an absolute ideological wall that no one on the other side or, you know, God forbid, just a, a normal sort of semi-centrist American or traditionalist. You're never going to get through that because it's so ingrained now. I mean, what do you think about that? How do we get out of that? Well, I think that's the major problem facing our country right now. And I don't think we're accurately maybe 
um, relaying that to the American people. And I think that's one of the challenges in 2024 because there's so often the focus on the polling or even to, you know, and I'm all for this and I cover this every day, fixing the election fraud in the elections, or we complain about the woke leftist ideology and fight it, say, in our schools. And those are all worthy and we need to do that. But we really have to understand the root of the problem, and that is the infiltration, the decades-long infiltration of Marxism that has gotten us there. How do we get out of it? That's a question, honestly, Ryan, that I talk to um, former high-level members of the military, former intelligence officials who are not, not, not those Marxist ones that are currently largely make up the intelligence community, but those who were the good guys and realized that they had been a part, you know, the institutions they were a part of have become completely taken over. There has been a Marxist takeover of our country. How do we fight back on that? You know what? That's actually something that I plan to focus on this year, um, largely on my sub stack at emerald.tv and on the show, because I think that's, it almost feels overwhelming. And we don't know what to do because when you look at people like uh, Timothy uh, mentioned Letitia James, her father was an active market Marxist. She was a con, you know, she was part of the Communist Party. She ran as a communist until she switched just to get into office. So they are true Marxists. How do we how do we take back ground? I think that's that's what we have to figure out. And we don't have that much time, though, to figure it out. You know, we're well, talking think- about possible months. Yeah, I think the answer is it's not up to us to take take back that ground, right? And you're exactly correct. Tish James's father was a Black Panther and, and a Marxist, and she was a communist. I I dubbed them years ago on my show, Commiecrats. They hate me, they hate you, they hate America, because I grew up in a political family, Emerald. My cousins ran the Democrat Party in Syracuse, New York, and our, our neighbors out to the lake were our Republican mayor, who then became our Republican uh, representative in Congress. And so I saw behind the curtain of both parties from a very early age. And it used to be that Democrats would say, I might disagree with what you have to say, but I'll defend with my life your right to say it. It used to be that we locked arms and went out into the world as Americans and said that politics stops at water's edge. Those days are long gone. And that's why I no longer call them liberals. I've been calling them leftists for over a decade because these people are communists. And I'll tell you, the mainline Democrats, the old union Democrats, a lot of whom are now Trumpsters, they're scared to death of these young communists. They don't know how to uh, handle them. And I think the only solution for the Democrat party might be Bobby Kennedy. I think he's the only true Democrat on the political Mm -hmm. uh, landscape today that could pull that party back from the abyss. If they'll let him. Right, because they're doing everything not to let him run a legitimate campaign. They well, won't give him I secret think service protection. Yeah, I mean, he's talking about starting his own party. I think the Democrat Party might go the way of the Whigs, and traditional Democrats might become Bobby's new party. I could definitely see that. I mean, I met him a few weeks ago for the first time in person, and he—I mean—he's an extremely impressive person. He, the talk he gave was you know, very measured, very thoughtful, very, very um, insightful. Um, he definitely has his pulse on for the majority of the issues. Look, there's some things we're just not going to agree on, uh, right. particularly some of the climate change issues, right? But for the most part, he really understands the major issues facing real Americans and what they care about. But it, it, it's amazing to watch how much, and in, in, in so many ways, it's like they do Trump, but not to the same degree, right? 
um, because he doesn't have the same platform. He's not, they've effectively shut down the communications or the, the, the media relations for him. Um, but he, he could appeal because what was interesting, I was, I was probably in a room with about half and half you know, half Democrats and half conservatives. And it was interesting to see how they all responded to him. They all had a very positive response, right? They might not also at this moment be going to vote for him, but it was interesting because I saw even some Trump people in the room kind of waver for a moment and say, you know, he's better on this than that. And where they arrived at probably by the end of the night is that I wish Trump would use him for something if he's in office, you know, but he does have a great appeal, not just to Democrats, but I would say to Republicans who are maybe a little bit frustrated with the personnel policies of Trump. Remember, his personnel has and continues to be questionable and some who, you know, were never truly Trumpian, which I uh, questioned them altogether because, you know, uh, there there's no question Trump did great things and they can't really call themselves a conservative and not not think that Trump had a great presidency overall, I would say. I felt that way, but, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and what do you think about like the current state? You know, I was I was talking with Gene Valentino earlier in the program. He was calling in from CPAC. And one of the things I asked him was like, what's the what's the zeitgeist there this year because we're already at a point where nikki haley is just like you know she says she's in it for the long haul but let's face it that's going to fall apart any moment here and then now there's this question of well yeah she's got plenty of reed hoffman money coming in i guess she could just keep going but (laughs) keep the dog and pony show going but what do you think about sort of the schism in the in the gop generally speaking where it's like you've got your america first ones and then you've got all these people that need to be held responsible for doing nothing well look there's no schism in the voters they're largely for Trump. And now that DeSantis is out, you know, you had a little faction who like DeSantis. And, and and so there's no schism amongst just regular people. The schism is in the leadership and the so-called Republican institutions. I mean, the RNC is a mess. And it's not looking in a be- any better with the change in leadership if they go with Michael Watley. I, I have heard complaints about him from North Carolina for going on two years now. So to see his name pop up, I might have been one of the, you know, one national, I, don't, I might be the only national reporter I know that had reported on him previously. Um, and then to see his name pop up as a successor to Rana, I, I was at first flabbergasted and then it made total sense. Um, look, Nikki Haley can get all the money she wants to stay in because she's the uniparty choice. She's the intelligence community choice. She is the globalist choice um, it, on the Republican side, the Republican side. Um, she is in it for the long haul because ultimately she hopes they take Trump out one way or the other. Either they put him in prison or they kill him. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Why else would she be staying in there? I mean, it's not resonating with anyone, anyone. I mean, look at the Nevada results were like one of the most crushing political statements about someone's popularity that I have ever seen. I mean, it's bad but she's going to stay in it and it really does beg the question you know why and i think the scenarios that you just laid out right there are pretty uh they're on the table and uh i remember vivek ramaswamy recently saying they're going to do anything to not let trump run so that would is one of the few things i think could explain nikki haley's uh you know iron grip 
Uh, I absolutely agree. Look, I long before her run for president, I had said, I can't remember exactly when it was, but I had written that um, Nikki Haley's like the cilantro or the, the, the little green garnishing on your plate. You don't ask for it. It's absolutely dull. You're not going to eat it, but it's there anyway. And no matter what you do, you don't ask for it. They're going to put it on your plate. That is Nikki Haley. And that I said that at least a couple years ago, so well before, and when she was saying she wouldn't run against Donald Trump, um, she she is just about as swampy as it gets. So she's, I think she is maybe not quite as nefarious, but I think she's the Republican equivalent to Hillary Clinton. I mean, you could knock her down, knock her down, knock her down, and she just doesn't go away. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Just like that, you know, parsley or whatever. You flick it off your meal. Parsley, but that's still, it. That's just like parsley. <laughs> it's, it's still sitting there on the table. You're still looking at it going, what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> well, let me ask you, this is a little off topic, but I'm curious your thoughts on this. Last night we had a, a weird uh, system-wide cellular outage. And I'm looking through the X.com posts about it, and I noticed uh, Marco, the fetus, Rubio, uh, talking about cyber attacks and and saying, oh, just wait, you know, I'm paraphrasing, just wait till China, you know, does some kind of cyber yeah. attack. I thought that was all a little bit odd to have all those services go down. I mean, did, did you notice that? What do you think about that? I didn't. Um, you must be in Florida. because Are you in Florida? Because I keep Texas. hearing from my Florida friends. Oh, you're in Texas. Interesting. Yeah. I hadn't heard that from Texas, but I keep hearing from my Florida friends, particularly in the Tampa Bay area, that they're having experiencing um, signal outages on their phones and then there's some kind of cyber event going on. And, and, and keep in mind, this also follows on the heels of a, a recent cyber attack in, in Fulton County, Georgia, and yes. that affected their government systems. And it, you, you, I think you have to pay attention because they're setting the stage for something. And it is very coincidental that we have these cyber outages and I, I have a bit of deja vu. It didn't, some of them, the, the solar winds had got major attention in 2020, but it, 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 there were other cyber attacks and particularly in Georgia that didn't get as much attention. And it was about this time, Ryan, about February, March, that we started seeing some of those. And I, I asked Bridget Thorne of the Fulton County Board of Commissioners earlier today what she knew, what they had briefed her from the FBI or, or the, the, cyber, uh, the cyber experts that they are consulting the board, right? If, if there was any connection to the election systems. And she said they assured her they are not and that she felt confident they weren't, but you can't be 100% confident. And, and keep in mind, they keep warning us that one of the major disruptions that could happen this year, we've heard it from the elites, is you know what Klaus Schwab refers to as cyber polygon. Right. And they did a tabletop uh, you know, lesson, a tabletop performance of it, just like they did Event 201, just months before yeah. we were gifted with the giant pandemic industrial complex. And you know, getting back to what we're talking about here, if they'll do anything to not let Trump uh, get be in the election, that is certainly an option. I mean, look what they did with with the virus. Why would they not just translate the virus to a cyber systems? 
I mean, hell, Obama uh, just made a movie about it, showed America in a cyber apocalypse. I mean, I'd say it's on the table. We're, we got about a minute left. What do you think? Is it on the table? Should we be concerned about cyber polygon and will it be a false flag? I went out and bought satellite phones. I'm prepared. I think you should get prepared. There you go. All right. Yep. I think it's time. Uh, it's beyond time because we're literally being threatened with it. All right. Uh, check out The Absolute Truth on Lindell TV at Frank's Speech. Emerald Robinson, always appreciate you joining us here at State of the Nation. Have a great show this evening. And thank you for taking the thank time you. to join us on this busy day. We appreciate you. Great to see you. All right. This is State of the Nation. Don't go anywhere. We got more coming up after these words from today's news talk, TNT. TNT.